My name is Andy Case, another Football Card Quest, and you're listening to the NoOffSeason.com Sports Card Content Network. Be sure to subscribe to all of our podcasts, including Sports Card Strategy, Hoops and Cards, and my show, Football Card Quest, dedicated to football cards, research, and selling tips. We're all working together to help you fund your PC and enjoy the hobby, and we live by the motto, there is no off-season. What's going on, everybody? Paul Hickey here with NoOffSeason.com. You are consuming the Sports Card Strategy Show brought to you by Graybo's Sports Cards. Graybo's Sports Cards is a local hobby shop owned by Gray Burnett, Ryan Fitz, and Duke Denny one-time Dodson and is located in the Arts District in Richmond, Virginia. Graybo sports the best selection of raw and graded singles in the mid-Atlantic and a wide variety of wax. Graybo's breaks on whatnot and or drip five nights a week. Listeners of Sports Card Strategy can receive a 10% discount from Graybo's on drip, whatnot, or their website at graybo's.co by entering the code STRATEGY2023. You can follow all of Graybo's news and updates on Instagram at Graybo's underscore card. Don't forget to go premium at nooffseason.com. Get your free 30-day trial today to help you build your sports card investment portfolio. We have just launched Sports Card School at nooffseason.com. Check it out at sportscardschool.com. All of the data we use on the Sports Card Strategy Show is from Market Movers. Get a free 14-day trial followed by 20% off for life by using the promo code NOOFFSEASON at marketmoversapp.com today. All right, you're about to enter a Wednesday deep dive with the Dr. Crack, Chad Gill, and Connor Barnett, our head of content at nooffseason.com. Connor and Chad, take it away. What's up, everybody? Connor Barnett here, head of content at NoOffSeason.com, back for our second Sports Card Strategy Deep Dive of the day. This time I'm back uh, with Dr. Crack himself, Chad Gill. Chad, how are we doing this evening, sir? We're doing great. I can't wait for the show. This is going to be a great show. Absolutely. Looking through the show notes, I see that Chad has cooked up a bunch of good things for you guys today. I'm excited to learn uh, and hopefully provide a little bit of valuable insight on my own as well. Uh, per usual, we got the great segments coming today. We got the buying process, uh, as well as Chad's tips of the week. Uh, we got some of his recent pickups, as well as cash flow management. Uh, we got to grade or not to grade, where I will pitch uh, certain raw cards that you can look at grading to try to turn profits on. Uh, also got Crack the Code, where uh, Dr. Crack himself will be analyzing a play that I'm bringing to him uh, to kind of give me insight on if I'm moving in the right direction. Uh, we've also got Dr. Crack's Cracks, so a cracking grades, things like that. Uh, and then we will wrap things up with audience Q&A, um, which is always an exciting segment. So be sure to drop your comments uh, in the live chat as we go through the show, as you have questions, and we will do our best to answer as many as possible at the end of the show. Before we hop into uh, your tip of the week, Chad, just want to give a shout out real quick to Adrian Charlie, as well as Brad Smith. Thanks, you guys, for being here this evening. Uh, appreciate the support uh, and keep the comments coming. 
With that being said, Chad, let's hop right into your buying process tip of the week. Go ahead and take things away, my friend. All right. So there is no better time than the present to come up with this buying tip, Connor. And it is you do not have to do the fear of missing out on Bowman Draft. We are going to tell you where and when to buy these cards. Do not feel like you have to go out and spend hundreds of dollars on buying boxes and ripping or buying into breaks. We're going to take a look at what happens to these Bowman draft cards as soon as they come out. So on this chart that we're going to show you here is Ethan Salas. Now, Ethan Salas cards came out with the 2023 Bowman uh, back in September, Connor. This is the Chrome first base non-auto card, but all of the cards pretty much go by the same trend. Um, this card came out selling right out of the gates, as you can see, in early September at $40 a crack. And if you look at this, within 30 days, that card was selling for $8. So from $40 to $8 in the first 30 days. If you took a look at uh, another player, which is Jackson Holiday. Um, he is the number one prospect in all of baseball. We feel that he is um, going to have a meteoric rise to fame this year. Um, he just mashed the baseball uh, in the minors this year. And the same thing happened with his. So his was last year. So last year at the end of the year, 2022 Bowman draft came out. And that card came out at $300 a crack. Now, I've looked at the Wyatt Langford cards, uh, and it appears, Connor, that those two are selling for around that $300 mark right out of the gate. So very similar to the number one prospect in, in the uh, Bowman last year, which was Jackson Holiday. Here's what happened with Jackson Holiday. That card stayed at 300 It even climbed to about three and a quarter for the first couple of weeks. And then it slowly started to decline around day number 60. So right around mid-February, that card started to decline a little bit. And it got all the way down, Connor, to $175 on the last week of March, first week of April. Then what happened was spring training came around and he started mashing the ball in spring training and he started mashing it uh, in the minors and Lo and behold, people were like, this guy's legit. And it started climbing from 175 to two and a quarter to 250. By midsummer, that card reached $600. Now in August, when that card, when they, when they realized that he was not going to get called up to the big club in September for the Orioles playoff push, the card started to decline again. And right now that card sits at about $411. So the, the tip of the week this week is follow the show. We're going to tell you when to get in and when to buy. The fear of missing out, you don't have to have that fear because we're right here for you. We're going to tell you when to get in on that dip and profit. Love it. Good breakdown there, Chad. And if you guys pull up um, the charts of each of the guys that Chad talked about, they'll, they'll closely mirror this Ethan Solace chart that you guys are seeing if you're watching. Um, that's good stuff there, Chad. I think, like you're saying, it's important. I think with all the hype that we've kind of built up for Bowman Draft coming out next week, you know, we've got a show based or coming out, uh, I believe it was today, actually, 
Um, next week, we've got a show dedicated to it specifically. Um, so just because we're super excited about it doesn't mean you guys have to go and try and buy all the singles that are immediately on the market that are going to be overpriced. Uh, hang tight. Like Chad said, him and the other guys are going to make sure they are on top of knowing when to buy these cards to make sure you maximize your profits for these guys. With that being said, Chad, great tip. Let's go ahead and hop into who you are buying right now uh, and kind of why you're doing it. You've done a great job breaking down uh, where they sit in the categories between hero, flyer, and goat. Uh, so go ahead and take things away with your pickups for the week. All right. So uh, every week or every other week when we get into this deep dive, I'm going to be giving you uh, three of the buys and one in each category. So uh, since the last show, uh, the GOAT category, I purchased a 2017 Prism Silver PSA 10 Jason Tatum card. Uh, it's a card that I've wanted for a couple of years. Um, I just never pulled the trigger on it, and it has gotten low enough right now that I thought it was a great pickup. Um, the Celtics are obviously a contender. Um he is the alpha dog on that on that team. There's a lot of stars on that team, but he's the alpha male. There's no no doubt about who the top dog is in, in Boston. It is Jason Tatum. So with that card being down 34% in the last year, that card went from about $1,200 at this time last year, Connor, and now it's down to around $700. Um at $700, I couldn't pass up on it, so I snagged it. That is my GOAT play. My hero play is a 2020 Optic Hollow. Anybody want to guess? Tyrese Halliburton. Now, I bought the Tyrese Halliburton, um, to be fair. I bought it before um, they beat the Celtics and before they beat the Bucks. So I got in on it on a really good price. Um, the card has, the card has gone up a hundred dollars already since I bought this card, but I'm not selling it. If you listen to the show um, Monday morning, I talked about too soon to sell. I believe that this, this hollow is too soon. Now I picked this card for a couple of reasons, Connor. I believe even at the price, current price that it is, this card still is not a bad buy. And here's why. The All-Star Game is in Indianapolis this year. It's in the Indiana Pacers home arena. Tyrese Halliburton is balling out. I think the league would have, it would be an injustice to not have him be a starter on this team. So I'm, I'm, I'm making a prediction. Tyrese Halliburton is not only going to be an All-Star this year, he's going to be an, he's going to be a starter on the All-Star and as we talked in the last deep dive, that alone could be a sell marker because it could be enough hype to get his cards going. But there's more. This is like an infomercial, Connor. There's more Tyrese Halliburton. I also believe because it's in his home stadium, they are going to ask him to participate in more events. I believe he's either going to participate in the skills event, the slam dunk, or the three-point contest. And he is capable of doing all three. Um, my prediction is he's he's probably going to be in the skills event with a couple of his other team players. But, but if he's in that and he wins it, there's going to be that much more hype. The coach, 
whoever ends up coaching the All-Star game is going to be a fool not to try and play him the most minutes and get him to be, I'm going to flag plant right now, Tyrese Halliburton is not only going to play in his home stadium for the All-Star, Tyrese Halliburton is this year's All-Star MVP. That's my prediction. Go place a $10 bet on it. It's it's probably a very risky play, but I think that that is going to happen. Um, you saw what happened in the play-in tournament when he dominated the Bucks and the Celtics. Can you imagine in front of his home crowd with the crowd going nuts on an all on an all-star weekend? My God, I, I just think that there's there's room for this card to grow. Um, and other cards of Halliburton's, but that's that's why I bought that card. Can I now, ask you a question real quick? Jack? Yeah, go ahead. So yeah, we've talked about Halliburton a lot lately. Um, and it's I think it's been really nice for us to see that when we were talking in-season tournament as being a potential soul marker for specific guys, depending on how they played. Uh, that he was kind of one of those guys that saw the spike. And you you mentioned a second ago that you got in at a really good time uh, so that you've kind of realized some of the in-season tournament growth and you still have a little bit of room for growth uh, from the All-Star game. Do you still recommend people trying to pick up this print um, at this point in time? Or do you think his, his valuation is kind of still baked in and the risk is too high to keep growing with the All-Star game uh, kind of being your clear sell marker there? Well, there, there's risk involved. I mean, any anything we do in the card market, there is no... 100% for sure, surefire, can't miss uh, investment. There's some that are close, like we think Jackson Holiday and Jackson Cherry are that. I think that Halliburton is going to put on a, If Halliburton doesn't get hurt between now and the All-Star, that would be the only thing I think that would prevent his cards from continuing to climb. Typically, if I'm right, Paul thinks that I'm not sure he's not he's a little unsure but pre-pandemic at the beginning of the year sports cards in general not just basketball cards all sports cards january is typically a good month for all sports cards to start to climb basketball in particular as they build to the all-star weekend so we don't have charts market movers wasn't around pre-pandemic so we don't have charts you're just going to have to trust me. I've been doing this a long time. That's what used to happen. And I think this year is going to be closer to pre-pandemic than during pandemic year. I'm just making a prediction. 2024 is going to be closer to 2019 than it was 2021. Um, so, yes, I do think that there are Halliburton cards that you could still buy. Um, I am actually looking at buying a second Optic Hollow because I think at 175, that's still a good price. I think that card could be 250 to 300 if he continues to dominate and play well and have the All Star Weekend that I think he's going to have. I could see that card be card being 250 to 300. I am selling that those that card on the All Star Weekend though. I am not holding it past the All Star Weekend. Um, I may buy back in, maybe in. March or April, if there's a dip for a potential playoff run, but make no mistakes, you want to sell Halliburton on the All-Star Weekend. Awesome. Good stuff. And I'm going to touch base a little bit more on that Optic Hollow later in the show, uh, but you can go ahead and keep rolling with your pickups for the week, Judd. All right. And then my flyer pickup was a 2021 Prism Pulsar PSA 10. Now, we don't talk, typically talk about pulsars or parallels. We're always telling you 
silver, 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 because that is the most liquid, most desirable card. What I like to do, and I have a little bit higher risk tolerance than than uh, some of the other guys. Um, so that's why this is my flyer play. It's not what Paul would consider to be the right card. Okay, so that's why it's a flyer. It's not, if you noticed my hero play, optic hollow, right card. Goat play, silver prism, right card. Flyer right. play, pulsar prism, not necessarily the right card. But because I have a higher risk tolerance, sometimes those outliers, Connor, can make you the most money. It's not the safest play, but there's risk involved. But here's here's why I did it. All right, here's my reasoning behind why I went with the Pulsar. First of all, the Pulsar is a pop 34. The Silver Prism is a pop 192. So it is literally six times more rare than the silver card. The silver card sells for 200. I bought this at $51. So 25 cents on the dollar compared to the silver card. Six times more rare, 25 cents on the dollar. This card, now I'm always, when, when I'm looking for cards to invest in, I am... I may find a player and I hone in on a player and Cade Cunningham is a player that I was buying uh, in the off season. Uh, full disclosure, I bought Cade Cunningham all summer long. Um, but I like to look at, I go to market movers and I like to see what cards are of his are doing the, the prism base, the prism silver, maybe a rookie ticket auto. Um, and I compare uh, maybe a optic, hollow. And I compare these cards and I say, okay, now here's the baseline. The silver card is down in, in the last year. The silver card is down um, 51%. So that's pretty big. The hollow card was down 47%. This card is down 71%, Connor. When I see a card that has dropped 20% more than all of the other cards, that screams buying opportunity to me. That is where I look for the opportunities that lie in the shadows of the night. Um, so I bought this card because it's an extremely low pop. It's a really low investment at $51 compared to the other uh, parallels and silver prisms. And it's a PSA 10 of Cade Cunningham. I got this card. So the Prism base card sells for $37. I got a Pulsar. Now the Prism base has a pop of almost 1,000. This has a pop of 34. Yes, it's a flyer. Yes, it is not the right card. However, Cade Cunningham plays on a terrible, and I mean terrible, Detroit Pistons team. So Paul would ask me right now, what's the marker, right? That's the other reason. That's the other reason why this is in the flyer category. There is no distinguished marker on this card. The marker is, I feel this card is so cheap with him playing as well as he is playing that when card prices start to rise in spring, this card has to be a hundred plus dollar card. 
when you look at the last 365 days, this card this card was selling for almost 200 bucks a year ago. The card's going to be over a $100 card without a selling marker, but that's why it's a flyer. There is no selling marker for this card. It's just a gut feeling. Love it. Good breakdown there, Chad. And uh, there's a couple things I want to dissect. There's a couple things I want to dive deeper on there. So yeah, let's thing do it. one thing one. And I say this, I say this frequently when you pitch your, when you pitch your flyer picks is guys, this is not Chad just picking a guy he thinks is going to perform well and just going after him. Like he still has a lot of characteristics that he's looking for to make him want to take on the additional risk. One of those things being the pop count. So Something that I don't think we talk and discuss about in depth very often is how pop counts relate to demand. So you mentioned this having, um, I'm, I'm going to butcher the numbers, but roughly one fourth or one third the pop count uh, that the Prism Silver for him has. I was yes. curious if you could break down how much more that's going to help you in terms of demand when you try to hit the market with this card at the time to make profits. All right. So here, th that was the point. Uh, maybe, I, yeah. So this is a, a good deep dive. Thank you, Connor. Let me expand on this. When it's a supply and demand, very simple principle. If you have 200 silver prisms on the market, it takes 201 people to want that card to drive that card to the moon. It maybe only takes 20 or 30 people to want that card to drive it up 20 or 30%. But if that card's going to double counter, it takes 201 people to want 200 cards. On a pop 34, if those same 200 people, say there's 201 people that want that, that 200 pop count silver, so that silver jumps and it goes from the $200 it is now to four, five, six, seven dollars $700 real quick because the, the demand is there, the people that can't get that card are going to look to alternative parallels. The, the Pulsar looks a lot like a hyper- prism prism if you will and there's only 34 of them so if there's only 34 the odds of more than one or two of these being available for sale at any given time are pretty low so i, I should re-clarify with the 200 pop that would be assuming that there's all 200 listed for sale at the same time it would take 201 people essentially demand outweighing supply demand has to outweigh there. supply but you're not going to have all of these cards on the market. The higher the pop count, the more likely you are to find multiple of those cards listed for sale on one of the sites, Comsee, eBay, MySlabs, Facebook. The lower the pop count, the harder it is to find one in that grade. Does that make sense? So Absolutely. like, for example, I bought this Pulsar Prism and... I mentioned that it was down 70% in the last 365 days. What I failed to mention, Connor, was that card only sold in the entire last 365 days. That card only had 11 sales because there's only 34 of them. Right. So that card can't, whereas the, the 200 pop count silver prism, that card transacted 61 times. So it's it, that's why we call the silver the liquid card. It, it's transacted six times more than the pulsar, but with with it only transacting eleven times, and there are none on the market. If I list this on the market and two people want it, what's going to happen to the price? It's going up. 
Right. Yep. Great breakdown there. I just wanted to get a little bit deeper in there because I think that a lot of times it's easy, especially for people that are new to the hobby to see pop counts. And it's like, okay, well, this card has 500 pop count. This card has 800. Does that even really matter to me that much? And, and looking at understanding where you're, where you're investing your money in terms of if it's a flyer play, if it's a strong play, if it's a popular player or not, that pop count's going to matter. So for someone like Cade Cunningham, uh, where Chad was able to get a really good price on this card that maybe isn't the right card, it still has a lot of good characteristic that he, characteristics excuse me, that he thinks will make him profits um, in the future. So I think it's a good pick there, Chad. I like all three of these picks, by the way. Obviously, I'm a big basketball guy, so love yeah. listening to you break down basketball there. Do you have more to add? Yeah, one more thing I want to add. So you... If you've been following the show for a while and I've been on the show now for, I don't know, eight or nine months, eight months, seven months, something like that, um, you've probably heard me say pop counts don't matter. You got to take that in context. What I mean when I say that is it's supply and demand, like we just talked about, Connor. If, for example, the, the prism base John Morant, which has 21,000 PSA 10s, people say, why would you collect it? That's a garbage card. That's the junk junk slab era. Nobody cares about base cards. Baloney. That card will be one of the first cards of John Morant's to skyrocket when he plays his first game Monday night because that card's gotten so low because it's so liquid. There's 21,000 of them graded because there were that many people that liked that card to get it graded. As the hobby continues to grow, and Fanatics has said they want to 10x the hobby in the next 10 years, if they 2x the hobby, that 21,000 pop count becomes 10,000. If they 10x it, that 21,000 becomes 2,000. Right. And a 2,000 card pop count is a fairly low count. There's enough demand for it. It's all about supply and demand. That's, that's today's lesson. Love it. Good breakdown there, Chad. Uh, we're going to keep diving. We're going to look at some cash flow management stuff. Uh, and I'm going to bring up a couple releases and then let you uh, take your hand at anything you have to add to them there. Um, obviously, we've already discussed in today's show a little bit, and we're going to discuss it more on Monday. Uh, Chad, can you can you confirm today is Bowman Draft Baseball 1213? Uh, no, it was 12-12-12. Yesterday was the 12, release 12, of okay. yeah, yesterday was the release of Bowman Draft. However, um, like many people that did the pre-order, I got my two um, super jumbo boxes. I got them in the mail on Saturday. So gotcha. that's why you saw people cards were hitting eBay. It remains to be seen what tops and fanatics is going to do about that because technically the cards weren't released until the 12th. So any sale prior to that was an illegal unlicensed sale. Um, Fanatics could go after those, these people or they may not care. I'm not sure what Fanatics is going to do, but um, it's going to be an, it's an interesting story. Yeah, good tidbit to add there, Chad. Uh, so sorry for the for the mishap there, guys. Yesterday's release. Um, you mentioned a little bit. We were talking about waiting for prices to fall for certain cards uh, and not feeling the FOMO there. So here's something that I want to bring up with this release. One, I want to talk about. I want to talk about how important this release is at this point in the baseball offseason in terms of guys that we're looking to invest in. Because if you what I did was I head over to Sports Card Investor as well as Cardboard Connection to kind of look at uh, some of the cards like that are added in this release. And based on the photos, there's a lot of cards that I don't think are investable cards for us that we would necessarily pick. A lot of guys that aren't first cards, a lot of different card arts. Um, and we talked about waiting for the guys that we are interested in investing in. 
for people that are looking to wait, we didn't necessarily add an exact time. You, you did break down some some data as to when they fell for specific players, but how quickly do people need to start kind of consolidating cash flow and prioritizing cash flow to be able to be ready to invest in these guys when these prices drop? Well, typically, if you if you follow the last two or three years, the Bowman draft prices will dip typically the end of February through March. And then the end of March is typically where they'll start to rise as preseason starts going. They start, you know, maybe a, a guy pops off, a big prospect pops off and hits three home runs, three games in a row in the, in the preseason, starts to get a little hype. And all of a sudden his cards will start going, or he gets into single A, double A, Arizona League, wherever they're going to put him, and he starts raking the baseball and getting some hype, and all of a sudden then his card prices are going to go up. But typically, I like to buy, like last year, uh, Ellie De La Cruz is a perfect example, right? We were touting Ellie De La Cruz all, I wasn't on the show yet, but they were lefty, to his credit, was, was touting Ellie De La Cruz all fall last year, all winter last year. Um, before I joined the show, I bought a ton of Ellie De La Cruz the end of February, early March. So I would have my cash flow ready by the end of February, early March, if you want to get into this year's Bowman draft class. Love it. Great answer there, Chad. That perfectly answered my question. I was worried that I, I was a little bit confusing there, but perfect answer there. So um, did you have anything to add additionally for Bowman draft baseball before we hit it hard on Monday? Uh, no, we'll we'll cover more as far as what prospects to look for. Um, it'll be interesting. Uh, Lefty and I always um, compare notes with with our with our Bowman draft list. Uh, it'd be interesting to see who he has on his list versus who I have on mine. I have five players that I have stars by that uh, I think are going to be studs, and there's five more that I I would consider to be uh, sleepers. <clears throat> so there are 10 prospects that I'm going to be searching cards for out of this, but we'll talk about that on, on, on Monday show. Good stuff. And then the second release I want to talk about for the month on the 15th uh, is 2023 Panini Don Russ football factory set. Um, so Paul and yourself, and we've actually been discussing this show as well, have both discussed waiting a healthy period of time for all rookie prints to be released before investing in singles of a specific player because of the way uh, that the newer releases will devalue some of the original releases. We talk about it a lot with Wimbenyama. We talk about it with CJ Stroud. So with this release dropping and optic rated rookies coming, uh, is now the time to start planning on picking up these cards in terms of, like we're saying, getting cash flow ready? Um, are these investable cards that we should be looking to pick up? Um, and how do you identify what cards are the right cards to start prepping for before the releases have even dropped? Well, typically speaking, there are three right cards, um, in my opinion. It's the Optic Hollow, the Prism Silver, and the Rookie Ticket Auto. Those are the three right cards for almost every player, for almost the, you know, the sports that have those cards. Um, hockey obviously doesn't, but... Um, those are the cards that that are typically the most desirable. They're the cards that typically bring the best value. They're the most. So me as a collector, um, me as a collector, what do I collect? You know, I've got a million plus cards in my collection. The cards that I collect that I want to keep for my PC are almost all Optic Hollows, Prism Silvers, Rookie Ticket Autos. Because long term, 
even though they're my personal collection, those are the ones that are going to go up in the most value. Now, players that may not have long-term value, I look, I don't want to spend the money to get the right card. I just want the player. That's when I look, I love Mosaic. I think Mosaic is an awesome card. Great looks, great design. They, the, the refractors and the parallels, you know, real shiny. They got a great look in the hand. Um, and Bowman's best, if I want a baseball prospect that I, I don't think is necessarily investable. Like, for example, my Milwaukee Brewers. I try to collect almost every single brewer in the sets every single year. I try to put team sets together, and I try to go Bowman's best. I, I like Bowman's best refractors, the atomic refractors, actually. But um, Bowman's best is my go-to for my um, personal collection. But that is Bowman's best is not the right card if you're trying to flip for investment purposes. Sure, good breakdown there, Chad. That's that's definitely helpful um, when because there's so there really are so many releases uh, that people have been keeping an eye on when trying to invest in singles. So I think that's a good point there. Like you can really narrow your focus and look at three or four of the right cards, um, and it really helps yourself decide what direction you want to go in and when to start kind of building capital uh, to be ready to invest in those cards once they come down from their initial skyrocketed. Uh, prices upon release. Yeah. Uh, did you have any other releases that you wanted to discuss? Are you ready to hop I into? Did. Uh, I had, okay. I had one other one just just for an FYI for our listeners. Um, Prism Football. We talked about that was going to be coming out on December twenty third. That is the premier uh, football card that you want, unless you want like a flawless, you know, high end flawless uh, or national treasures. Prism is typically the right card for for the players. uh, Panini just announced yesterday that they are delaying that. It is no longer coming out on the 23rd of December. It is, excuse me, now coming out on January 3rd. So uh, just wanted to make sure everybody was aware of that. They weren't looking for Prism football uh, before Christmas. It's not going to happen. Got it. Thanks for the update there, Chad, and good point for the listeners. Let's hop into to grade or not to grade. Uh, I'm going to challenge you a little bit in this segment uh, because I, I actually it. picked a card that you are actively buying. And again, we're going to talk Tyrese Halliburton. A lot of you might be listening thinking, why do they keep pitching the same guys week after week, talking about the same guys very frequently. Lefty and Connor talked about it this morning. We talked about it on the Monday show. We're going to talk about the guys that we think are going to make you money. We don't care if we have to repeat guys for several weeks. If we feel like they can still make you money, that's the guys that we're going to talk about because that's our goal here. We want you to make money flipping sports cards. So let's talk Tyrese Halliburton once again, and we're going to talk your exact card. We're going to talk the 2020 Opticalo. I think this could potentially be a good play um, to flip, or I'm sorry, not to flip, to grade, um, and then sell. So I think I've gotten the general principle down pretty well in regards to t- determining the best options uh, for cards to grade based on gym rates, uh, you know, finding PSA 10s that – Finding cards that have PSA 10s that, upper, that offer a lot of upside uh, in gym frequently uh, that also have PSA 9s that sell above raw and also uh, are frequent returns. So today I would kind of try to pick a little bit of borderline options to see how much risk you're comfortable with taking when trying to grade in order to turn profits here. Sure. Um, and I think this Halliburton Opticalo is actually a pretty good example. So let me slow down real quick, catch my breath. PSA 10, last sale, $175. PSA 9, last sale, $46. You can pick it up raw right now for $42. Bucks. Um, it gems at a 37% clip. Uh, and PSA 9 
uh, is 55%. So looking at about a 92% coverage between Jimming and PSA 9. Obviously, if you get a PSA 9 um, after grading that Royal card, you're going to be in the red below water. Uh, Chad, would you risk a $60 investment essentially on grading a raw print uh, for a 37% chance to gym here to make $100 a profit? Uh, discuss also if if there are certain people based on their portfolio, for example, you uh, have such a bigger portfolio and you have so many stable assets in your portfolio uh, that you can kind of take on additional risk in different areas. Let's kind of talk about which people should be considering a play like this, uh, if any. Yeah, so uh, I love the card. I love that we're still talking about Tyrese Halliburton and the Optic Hollow. Um, no, the answer is no. And here's why the answer is no. It's the wrong time. We talk about the right card, the right time. It's the wrong time. Right now, if you send that card into PSA, you're not going to get that card back until after the All-Star break. And we just talked about the All-Star break is the next marker. If indeed Tyrese Halliburton does everything that I think he's going to do and hope he does on All-Star Weekend, you got to sell the card on All-Star Weekend. So now the only way that you could grade that card and get it back in time is to send it at the next grade level, and now you're risking losing that much more money. So in a normal, if you had a far enough off, like if this was Caleb Williams and we're talking about the draft and the draft is still five months away, then the principle of what you just came up with, yes, I would indeed grade that card. And yes, I would take the chance at losing that little bit on a PSA 9 for those types of percentages for a chance, a 40% chance at a PSA 10. So your principle was right. The timing was wrong. Got it. So what, so what I would do for people that want in on that Tyrese Halliburton Optic Hollow, I would buy in right now at the 175 or better yet, I would go to a local show. Oftentimes at a local show, cash is king, and you can get them. Somebody doesn't want to go on eBay and pay that 15% seller's fee. That 175 you could probably get that card live on a card show for 155 160 165 Somebody's going to give you a $10 to $20 break because they don't have to pay fees and shipping. So I would, if I was looking for that card, and I'm looking to buy a second one, I am next weekend going to a, a, a card show, and that is one of my three cards that I am going to be looking for. But I don't want to pay – I would pay 175 if there was no tax and if there was no shipping costs. But if I buy it on eBay, I got tax and shipping. That 175 is now 200 bucks, Connor. Now if that card goes to 250 at the All-Star break, like I think it will, and I sell it on eBay and they take their 15%, I'm going to net maybe $15. That's the, I, I don't want to take that risk for 15 bucks. I want to make 50 bucks. So to do that, you got to buy that card without tax and fees, and you got to buy it just a little bit under 175 Absolutely love the answer from you there, Chad. Right player, right card, wrong time. And Chad also sprinkled in some buying tips. We're trying to find deals on these Halliburton prints. Uh, covered a lot of bases there, Chad. A lot of good stuff. We will roll right into my next one. Um, I'm going with Dak Prescott. Now, we have been talking, we talked about it on Monday's show, of the Sports Card Strategy Show on Monday, episode 112. We talked about selling Prescott uh, to crystallize profits and avoid playoff risk for someone that has not uh, historically performed well during the playoffs. Uh, Paul mentioned that Prescott's never been easier to sell. Um, but I feel like right now the huge pricing spikes are potentially something that we can actually capitalize on. So 
Dak Prescott, 2016 Prism Silver PSA 10, right card for sure. Uh, selling in PSA 10 for $226, which is up 33% the last 30. PSA 9, $70, down 12% the last 30. And raw, 65 bucks, up 106% the last 30. Uh, this card gems frequently, 68.5% PSA 10 gem rate. PSA 9, about 28%, which adds up to almost 96% PSA 10 or 9. Um, something that I want you to touch on here, Chad, because I'm very interested. I know you know the answer to this, and I'm very interested for your feedback. Do raw slash PSA 9 prices climb faster or slower in relation to PSA 10s for a singular player of the same card uh, to where we have a window of opportunity when someone's rising that we can look at buying certain grades, maybe crack and resubmit or uh, buy raw and get graded to really capitalize on the difference uh, in the speed of the growth of those cards. Look at you, Connor. If I would, I would, I, could, I just want to give you a big hug right now. This is such go, a phenomenal, what a phenomenal question, a phenomenal question. This is experienced buyer level question, all right? It took me years to figure this out, but let me share it with everybody so I, I everybody can figure out since you asked the question. Let's go. PSA, PSA 9s climb after the PSA 10s do. So what I often will look to do, and uh, this is why I cringe every time uh, lefty says he sells all his PSA nines. He doesn't want them. They're garbage. There's money to be made on PSA nines. And here's why. So say for example, um, well, let's just use Jackson Churio or Jacks. Yeah. Jackson Churio here. So with his big contract, um, I just capitalized and I won on a couple of PSA nines. I didn't put them in my wins of the week this week because they weren't big enough wins to, to brag about, but we're going to talk about it on the deep dive, right? So his cards, after his, his $80 million 10-year contract, his cards jumped. And we had a lot of members asking us, is this the right time to sell Churio or should we hold for even a bigger spike in, in spring training? We, both Lefty and I, agreed we're holding ours until spring training because we think this little blip on the radar is going to be small compared to the blip when he makes the club out of spring training. However, when that card blipped, if you go to market movers and you look, the PSA 10 shot up almost overnight after the news of that. The PSA 9 took three days to respond. Typically, if you look at a chart on market movers, the 9 typically will go up at the same rate the 10 will go up or come down at the same rate the 10 will come down, okay? They, they're they very proportionate in terms of ups and downs. However, the nine is typically slower to react. So there are buying opportunities when you have a 10, like Ellie De La Cruz is a perfect example. Last year, his card almost tripled in a matter of a few days. It just went ballistic when he went up and, and hit some amazing velocities in his first game in the, as a major leaguer. The PSA 9s that Lefty was throwing away, those cards took several days to adjust, but they too climbed 100%. But it took almost a week for that card to climb 100%. So you can, you can when you see a card spike almost overnight, if you can find that card in a 9 you can typically 
turn that card into a profit because it will follow the same spike. It's just slower to respond. Fantastic breakdown. So for, for Dak in this scenario with, with the raw card growing drastically and the PSA 10 growing drastically and the nine pretty stagnant. Do you feel like this is a scenario where, you, where we would look at buying a nine rather than buying raw and grading, even with that high gym rate or, or has this been a long enough kind of growth of Dak Prescott to where maybe that nine is just not going to catch up? Well, it's funny because when we get, when we get to cracks crack later, uh, we're going to be talking the same exact card. Spoiler alert. Um, so I was doing some research on Dak Prescott, and I actually started in my notes, um, if I find a PSA 9 in a silver, uh, it's a card that I'm actually looking currently right now to snag, especially at the show next weekend, if it doesn't, because of this exact thing we're just talking about, which I wasn't planning on talking about on the show, which is why I wanted to give you a hug because it is just a phenomenal question. Um, that the nine is lagging behind. The nine has not caught up to the 10. It has not caught up to raw. The nine is going to climb. The nine is going to go up the same 20 or 30% that the 10 did. It just hasn't done it yet, but it's gonna, it always does. I mean, it's, the nine and the 10 always stays in a very similar uh, percentage range be behind or above each other. So I was just looking at that going, I think there's an opportunity in a PSA nine silver Dak Prescott. Now the problem that you have with the nine, not the right card, right? The PSA 10 is the right card. So you have to, you have to buy in before that card moves so that when it moves, you have it in your hand. You can't buy that card online and wait 10 days to get it. Does that make sense? 10 days Absolutely. is too late. The climb already happened. In 10 days, that climb happens. Watch this card on market movers. The next few days, that card's going to move up. The next sale of a nine is going to be higher than what the last sale was, and it's going to start creeping up. It's going to. But you have to have that card in hand when this type of stuff happens. You can't be buying on the internet and waiting a week to two weeks to get the card. It takes too long. You got to buy at the local card shop. You got to buy it in person at a card show. But your thinking is correct on the fact that the nine legs behind. So what would I do? So so your the question was posed now, is this a card that I would grade, correct? Yes, sir. And the answer is absolutely, positively, 100% yes, because of the 68% gem rate. Okay. However, there's a caveat here again. Not This is not Cinderella's glass slipper, one size fits all. Okay. What this is, this is do not bulk grade this card. Don't spend the $19. Spend the $50 and get that card back within 30 days. 50 bucks, 30-day turnaround time. Yes, you just cost yourself an extra $30, but you're guaranteeing in 30 days that card is back for the playoffs. You don't want to miss the window on that card. Your time is running out even with the 30-day. I think Dallas is going to make, right now they're the number one seed. I don't know if they'll hang on to the one seed because they got a tough last couple of games. But either way, I think they're playing in weekend two. I don't, even if they have an opening wild card weekend, I think they get past whoever they play. They're probably going to be in round two. So you've got about a 30-day window 
So I, your window is closing for the being able to send that card in. But yes, I buy that card. Yes, I grade that card. Yes, I go 30 days because it's got to get back for the playoffs. Boom. A lot of really insightful stuff from Chad there. Um, obviously, you are discussing uh, this specific card uh, in your Dr. Cracks crack segment. So let's go ahead and use this as a transition for you to discuss what you would be doing ideally and what you're looking to do right now uh, with this specific print, uh, depending on what grade you have and what what's available for grade pricing. You, you want me to go into my Cracks crack or you just want me to talk about my play on this card? Um, I was thinking we hop right into Dr. Crack's corner uh, All right. and discuss the 2016 let's, let's Prism Suburb deck. All right. So um, the the Dr. Crack's corner says this is a card for you to crack. So as we mentioned, just mentioned, it's a 68% gem rate. There are two plays to be made on this card, Connor. Two. The first is that you could buy an SGC 9.5 and it, which last sale was for $60. And you can crack that out and hope that 9.5 goes to a 10, which we know is 210 bucks. Actually, uh, it was $210 yesterday. What did you say the most recent was? Is it still 210? Uh, let me pull it right back up. 226. 226. So it's gone up $16 since I did this yesterday when I got my notes for this. So it's up $16 in one day. All right. So the SGC 95 last sold for $60. A PSA 9 sells for $90, 89 bucks. So you have no risk involved in this card whatsoever. From 60, add the $19 grading fee on. This card sells for $90 in a PSA 9. You can profit 10 bucks on that play. Now, if you can find an SGC 10, the last sale of a 10 was 120 bucks. A PSA 9 is $90. So you only have $30 of risk for the opportunity to double your money at 226. And my crack results show that an SGC nine or a SGC ten crosses over to a PSA ten at a fifty eight percent clip. Now you've got a card that gems at sixty eight percent, and you've got a fifty eight percent SGC ten to PSA ten. Put those two together, that sixty eight percent is probably more like seventy eight or eighty five percent. Because 68% is just all raw cards getting sent in, not a card that has already gem minted from another company. So that is a card that you could potentially double your money on. So that was my first crack and submit. I love it. Multiple things you can do here with this Prism Silver for Dak Prescott. Obviously, if you have the PSA 10 already, um, you're, you're adding additional risk to yourself if you hold it for the playoffs, but there is still money to be made if you don't have this specific print, whether you want to go raw and get it graded with a quick turnaround time, investing that extra money with PSA um, or crack and submit, uh, like Chad is saying here, based on some really good research, uh, pretty low downside for some good upside here. So uh, love that option there, Dr. Crack. Go ahead and keep rolling with what else you're cracking. All right. Well, so I want this show to, to give... Um, my foresight into the fact that I am more than just a collector, 
more than just a flipper, more than just a baseball or a basketball or a football guy. My collection expands into a array of different things, Connor. I have WWE cards. I have pop culture cards. I have soccer cards. I have UFC cards. I have pickleball card, a card, not multiple, card. Um, I have a cricket card. I have golf cards. I have tennis cards. Um, I have a passion for cards, Connor. So I want that to be conveyed to, to our viewers on the deep dive. So not everybody on this deep dive is going to be collecting the same thing. So these next two picks, Connor, are for all those weirdos out there watching that are just like me. I love it. The first one is a 1985 Tops Hulk Hogan, number one, yellow background. There's a yellow background and there's a blue background. The yellow is more desirable. It sells for more money. So it's the right card. It's the Hulk Hogan rookie card. It's considered his rookie card. So it's the right card. It's the right time because WWE and UFC just combined. UFC bought out the WWE. So moving forward, all of the popularity of these two sports are coming together. They're taking two fairly popular sports and combining them which I believe is going to drive the prices up of both UFC and WWE wrestling cards moving forward. Um, and they're going to do a lot of promoting it. You're going to see a lot of the current wrestlers go climbing in and doing stuff with UFC fighters and UFC fighters climbing into the ring and getting beat up by the wrestlers. It's going to be a lot of entertainment value. None of it's real, but it's going to be a lot of entertainment value, right? And they're going to advertise it like crazy. They're going to advertise it like crazy. So I think now is the time to get into uh, a classic staple. You know, we talk about the Mickey Mantle card for uh, being the card for baseball, right? I don't know of a single card in, in wrestling that is more popular and more desirable than Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. It's, he's the Mickey Mantle of wrestling, right? This card... You want to buy this card in a BGS-9. A BGS-9 most recent sale was $252. You're going to crack and submit to a PSA-9. You're not trying for a PSA-10 here, Connor. You're trying for a PSA-9. If you get a PSA-9, it's $685. From 252 wow. to 685. Now, what happens if it doesn't get a nine? What happens if it crosses over? A lot of people don't realize that after the PSA nine, PSA starts in half grade increments. PSA has an 8.5. They don't have a 9.5, but every other grade, they have a half grade increment. So if this BGS, yeah, so here, little nugget of information. So if the if the BGS 9 does not crack over to a PSA 9 and it drops to a PSA 8.5, the PSA 8.5 is selling for $454. Double your money dropping a half a grade, triple your money getting the same grade. And if that card is one of the 6.1% that gem and my my data says BGS 9 in now you got to remember this is not a hollow 
This is a paper card back in 1985. Paper BGS 9s cracking to PSA 10s happen at a 6% rate. This card happens to have a 6% gem rate. You've got a you've got a 6% chance that it gets a 10 and if it gets a 10 that card is worth $1400 for a $252 investment. What a phenomenal play from Chad here. Guys, I knew Chad was going to bring it strong when I was going through the show notes. This is a fantastic he is he is getting so deep in the crevices of sports cards to try to find ways to make you guys money, and this breakdown is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Chad, real quick, I do want to ask for just a bit of clarification. How I don't have it pulled up. How difficult is this card to find if you're looking um, to to purchase one in that um, in that SGC or excuse me uh, in that BGS nine? All right, in a BGS nine, it has a pop count of three hundred and fifty two. Okay, so it's not impossible to find. It's not like there's going to be, you can't pull up eBay and there's 10 of them, right? You're going to have to do a little bit of digging. You're going to have to go to a a card show and put this as one of your two or three cards that you focus on looking for. But if you can find that card. Now, I, I not only did this flip, I looked all the way back. I looked at 90 days ago. I looked at 180 days ago. And the, the dollar amounts, although they've changed, we're still the same. You could 2X to 5X your money for the last eight months, six months. So it doesn't matter if you find this card before Christmas or if you find it by Easter. History says that this card is going to stay in this type of a, a, a range. So this is a play that you should be able to make, even though it may take you a little bit of time to find it. Fantastic breakdown. And let me ask you an additional question. Um, something that as as someone that's learning to invest and actually uh, bargain with dealers and sellers and things like that, is this a scenario where because you, like I said, you found such a fantastic, uh, it feels like a hack, honestly, you found such a fantastic loophole to make some cash here uh, simply by cracking and resubmitting. Um, is this somewhere where you feel comfortable spending additional money if you do find one that's listed above the market value just because you know there's so much upside there based on the grade you get back? Yeah, absolutely. If I found a PSA or a BGS nine and somebody wasn't willing to go less than two seventy five or three hundred dollars, I'm still going to take that opportunity because, like I said, an SG or a PSA eight five is four fifty four, and if it drops a whole grade down to a PSA eight, the PSA eight still sells for two seventy five. So you're going to break even if it drops a whole grade, you break even. There is almost no floor or risk to this play. That's why I love this play. If if I could, if I had to, so I know you guys have your $1,000 uh, budget builder this morning. I, I wanted to say I would go buy five BGS 9 Hulk Hogan's <laughs> for my $1,000, and I would crack them and resubmit them. And I win. That that would be the I win game. So, um, anyways, so that you can use that maybe on your next week. Uh, I don't know if Lefty watches this show, but if he doesn't, uh, you can use that on him next week. Yeah, I might have to sneak him with it. I gotta I gotta get a leg up. He's got more experience than me, so I think that's a fantastic one, Chad. Let's go ahead and roll into your third option. Let's try and get you a hat trick. Uh, who are you going with your for your third crack and submit play? Larry the Legend. 
This is for you, Connor. Basketball, baby. 1981 yes, tops. So his rookie card is 1980. His rookie card is the the perforated card where it's him and Julius Irving and Magic Johnson all on one card. 1981 tops is the first Larry Bird card where he's by himself. It's a good looking card. It's just a picture of his face, green bordered card, beautiful card. Um, you've got two different plays to make on this card. That's why I picked this card again. There's two different plays depending upon what you find. So, if you can find an SGC eight, the last sale was $76. And why would you buy an SGC eight if lefty's throwing away PSA nines? Because you can make money. That's why that was just a little dig at lefty in case he's listening. SGC eight, Larry bird, a PSA eight, Larry bird sells for $120. So 76 bucks to 120 bucks. You could pick up $50 or 30 bucks after grading, just crossing it over from an eight to an eight. Here's where it gets fun. Here's the second play you can make. An SGC 8.5, it's $153. Now, you know, if it drops down from an 8.5 to an eight, you're going to lose 50 bucks because you got 150 plus the grading fees. So you're going to have 170 bucks invested and a PSA eight is 120. So it's 50 bucks. However, if it crosses over an SGC eight, five to a PSA eight, five, all it's got to do is cross the same grade counter, triple your money, 153 to 350. And if by chance it goes up a half a grade to a PSA nine, 477. Four times your money almost. Three and a half times your money. I wanted to I wanted to show this one A because it's close to vintage and, and we get a lot of questions about older cards and vintage cards. So I wanted to give everybody a little bit of a different feel to things. But I also wanted to show that this isn't always all about the PSA 10s. It drives me nuts when people say, if it isn't a 10, it's not investable. I wanted to show a play like this. You're searching, you're going for a, an 8.5 counter to triple your money. You don't need a nine. You don't need a 10. Let's go chase some 8.5s and triple our money, Connor. I love so, it, yeah. So that's the plays. Those are Dr. Crack's three recommended cracks of the, of the uh, every other week segment. Three fantastic options brought to us by Dr. Crack himself. Uh, Chad, I, I definitely really appreciate, and I know the audience does, the, the prep work that you put into these shows and finding these plays. I know you like executing them to make money, but they're very insightful uh, for myself learning and for our audience members. So uh, definitely appreciate the work and the time that you put in there to find those. Now I'm going to test you a little bit with Crack the Code. I've All got a right, play that I'm interested it. in making. Yeah, and I'm going to see I'm going to see your thoughts on it. It's nothing... Nothing too uh, intricate, but I think it's a it's a really good spot to make money. Um, and a player that we don't really look at very much, and I don't think is super popular in the hobby necessarily. Uh, we're going to look at Joel Embiid, 2014 Prism Base, PSA 10, not his silver. Uh, this card is down 36% the last 30 days. Uh, it was a $200 card since it's now selling around $130. Um, the play-in tournament and the playoffs will start around April. Last March... 
slash April. This card was trading in the 250 to $300 range, then fell off immediately once they were eliminated, uh, 4-2 by the Miami Heat on May 12th. Um, if you look at the market movers data slash data, it reflects this. Like May 14th, you see how much this card has dropped. I think it's back below $200 already within two days after them getting eliminated. Um, I believe in the 76ers right now a lot. They're fourth in the East at 15 and seven, second in offensive rating in the NBA, ninth in defensive rating, and eighth in turnover ratio. So they're scoring the ball extremely well. They're playing good defense um, and they're taking care of the basketball. Three massive metrics. If you compared them to the Nuggets, regular season metrics from last year uh the sixers are beating them in all three categories something to take note of we're seeing the rise of tyrese maxi that we've uh pitched as an investable card we're seeing tobias harris's uh resurgent for the sixers post james harden he's getting more time out there he's going to do more things with the basketball they're sharing the basketball better joel and b just continues to get better um here's my theory i think right now we have a good opportunity and window on a lot of different players that maybe aren't super popular in the hobby to buy discounted uh, versions of them if we think they're going to be playoff contenders and sell during the first or second round of the playoffs. Uh, so my marker for this card would be making it to the second round for the 76ers. I don't know that I believe in them uh, to get to the finals, nor do I necessarily want to take on that risk. So, and here's what I used to back up that data. I used uh, Nikola Jokic from last year, and I looked at the same card around the same time. Um, so they didn't win the finals until June, uh, June 12th um, of this year. I'm sorry, last season, I should have said. Um, and Jokic is a non-hobby darling guy. I don't think he's a super investable guy. Otherwise, he'd probably be higher on our rankings, um, our basketball <laughs> rankings at noopsism.com. So as of April 4th, the prison-based PSA 10 for Jokic was $500. So right before uh, kind of things kicked up into gear and they started beating teams, by May 24th, which is right after they beat the Lakers, obviously this meant that it was going to be a finals appearance. This card was already trading for $1,000. 100% growth, $500 to $1,000. Uh, over the course of the playoffs before they get to the finals. I'm not necessarily needing Yoke or uh, Joel and B to make a finals appearance and play well. I'm just looking for healthy growth uh, from a strong 76ers output within the first or second round, and then probably selling an auction before uh, one of the big televised games during that period. I'm out of breath. What are your thoughts on Joel and B's prison base PSA 10? All that talking, Connor, have you, have you, are you a movie guy? You had me at hello. <laughs> yeah you had me when you told me that Embiid prism first of all 2014 it is a base however it's 2014 when pop print, print runs were way less than they are today right that's actually a good card that it's the right card it's a prism card it's a card that's desirable of Joel Embiid's I want to I want to preface this by saying that I bought the Jokic last year at $500 and I sold it at a thousand. I made that play. I am looking at who is going to be this year's Jokic play for me. Um, I'm, I probably won't pull the trigger on something till March. Cause you need a little bit more runway to see who it's going to be. I believe that the 76ers are going to make a splash at the trade deadline. Watch for it. Embiid has said, Embiid has said a lot of things. First of all, the reason Embiid's card dropped two days after he was eliminated was because of the dumb ass comment that he made last year at the end of the playoffs. He made a comment that alienated all of his teammates and 
everybody went from thinking he was a great guy to thinking this guy is a putz. I couldn't believe what I heard last year when he made the comments, and I'm surprised his cards didn't go to zero after he made that comment. But the hobby has a short memory. Nobody remembers last year after the playoffs, after they got bounced. All they're going to care about is how they do this year. They're playing well. Maxie is, he needed Harden out of his way. Maxie is a bona fide star. It depends on who they get if they're going to make a deep run. At right now, I don't think they're going to make it past the Celtics or the Bucks. But with the right piece, with the right piece, they could. They could They could certainly upset. Or the Pacers, for that matter. Right now, the Pacers might be the team to beat, right? Not the Bucks right. or the Celtics. Um, but I like the play. Um, I think it's too soon. I would wait on the Embiid. I like the play. I like the thought. I would make that play, but I think it's too soon. I'm going to wait until closer. I'm going to try and pick up that card a week or two before the trade deadline because I'm going to gamble that they're going to make a big splash. And when they make that splash, that's going to be the that's going to be the marker to sell Embiid. And then if they struggle a little bit with chemistry, there might be a buyback in in March, and then you can sell again in June. So that's kind of how I'm looking at this. You're a little bit too soon with that play. Love it. Good breakdown. So right player, right card, not necessarily the right time. And there are multiple other times that you can probably uh, make more profits on this card. Good breakdown there for me, Chad. Um, I'm excited to keep doing these plays because I learned so much from you each show. I'm going to start bringing some more intricacies to each play, and I'm going to start really uh, trying to, to spice things up a bit. So be ready for the show next week. Uh, I'm going to bring it strong there. Let's go ahead and hop into our audience Q&A for the week. we got a couple good questions in here that we want to get to. Kicking things off, uh, let's start with let's start with Card Banker 20. Uh, Dr. Crack, how do you feel about NBA Select pre-2019, if I'm not mistaken? That was a collector's favorite because of the low pop. Would you hold them or try to get out of them? Thoughts here, Chad. Oh, Select. Panini, what did you do? You killed one of my favorite brands. I loved Select. Select was, I I enjoyed Select more than Prism. Um, I have Select Silvers of all of the rookies in 2017, 18, 19, 16, 15. I had them all in Select Silvers. And now I'm trying to cross them over into Prism Silvers and I'm selling off all of my Select Silvers. Um, Unfortunately, it was pre-19. However, what I'm seeing is that the, the defamation of Select by Panini, with by, by what they've done to Select, it has devalued even the Luka Doncic's, uh, the um, Jason Tatum's of the world, the, the right players. Those cards in 2017 and 18 have been beaten up badly since Select has fallen out of favor with collectors. If you go in the early years, 2012, 13, 14, I would be okay with Select, but it doesn't take much. Take a look at a take a look at a Select Giannis rookie and a Prism base rookie. The selects are over 50% less than a prism. It used to be 
pre-pandemic, before Select became a throwaway card that they printed to the moon and put in every Walmart from here to Taiwan. Um, Select Giannis is used to outsell Prism Giannis is because the collectors, it was a collector only product. So I, Card Banker 20, um, am selling my pre-2019 selects. I even sold out of my two Giannis cards this summer. Um, I don't want, at this point, unless Select makes a turnaround, I don't want Select in my portfolio. Only for flipping. You'll hear me do a lot of like bulk play Select plays. That's because they're good for flips because you can buy them cheap. I don't want them in my portfolio for long-term holds. Yeah, so if Dr. Crack's moving out of Giannis, you know something's got to be wrong there. So awesome breakdown there, Chad. Let's head over to Mr. T. Uh, he's going to ask about Patrick Mahomes, someone we've been talking about uh, a little bit over the last couple of weeks. I know Lefty's big on buying him right now. He says, I haven't been following Mahomes' prices. Is now a good time for a GOAT play yet on Patrick Mahomes' prints? What are your thoughts here, Chad? Uh, I, I don't think there's ever a bad time for Patrick Mahomes. Um, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback of our generation. Um, after Brady retired, I think it's Patrick Mahomes. Now, I absolutely love Aaron Rodgers. He was a Packer. Paul hates him. He's not the most popular guy because of he goes in these retreats and says stupid things and he's not the most likable guy. But when you live in Green, when you live in Wisconsin and you're a Green Bay Packer fan and you followed the guy and what he did for the franchise and took us to a Super Bowl and all the touchdowns and low interceptions, I love Aaron Rodgers, right? Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback since Tom Brady. Patrick Mahomes is the next Tom Brady. Tom Brady, when do you buy Tom Brady cards? Anytime you get the chance. When do you buy Patrick Mahomes cards? Anytime you get the chance. The only time you don't buy a Patrick Mahomes card is in the playoffs because it's too late. It's too late. His card prices are going to start rising in the playoffs. You have a 46-week-a-year window to buy Patrick Mahomes cards. Just don't do it during the playoffs. Good stuff there. Chad, let's round the show off with Mark D. Question, is there a possibility that Wyatt Langford makes the team out of spring training? Uh, if so, he will be on holiday card prices like crack. Um, what are your thoughts here on Langford making the team? And I I want you to actually, if you don't mind, if, if will you elaborate on... It's easy to me, if we're investing in someone that gets called up throughout the season, like we have our sell alerts, you see it. How does the how does the process look for trying to sell a player that would get called up in spring training? Is it different uh, than if they're called up midseason? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, what a great question, Mark. Um, we'll cover more of this on Monday show, I'm sure. This is where I'm curious to see where Lefty's new rankings are. I've got um, I've got Wyatt sandwiched right between Holiday and Churio. I moved Churio down to number three. I have Langford at my number two. I do think he is major league ready. I do think that there is a solid chance that he can make the club out of spring training. Um, the I, Matter of fact, I think there's a good chance that it happens. The only way he doesn't is if he struggles mightily in spring training. But he is the most 
polished player coming out uh, in a long time. Um, he is going to be decorated just like Jackson Holiday. I think that I'm I'm not looking to buy into Langford right now uh, because the cards just came out. Um, if you've heard my plays are I bought two super jumbo boxes. I'm holding for a month or so to let the prices rise. My plan is to sell my two super jumbos, make enough profits to buy a hobby box and rip the hobby box. I'm hoping like heck I get a Wyatt Langford first auto refractor something in that hobby box when I rip it. But if I don't, um, I will be looking to buy into Langford end of February, early March. Good stuff there. And Chad, so if they get called up in spring training, do you think it'll have a similar effect in terms of pricing? Uh, for Will there be a difference on if it was mid-season for his pricing, just based on how much we get to see him kind of heat up and the, and the, the evaluation be baked into the card based off performance? Yeah, it's, it's a little different because the hype is actually the week before the season starts. It's not, it's not opening day. Typically with a week or so to go, they start sending players down and, and whittling down their roster, right? About a week before, if a, if a prospect is going to make the team, you typically find out the week before opening season or opening day. That is the same, that week, that announcement that he makes it, is the exact same hype that you're going to have in May, June, or July when they announce the call-up. It's the same. It, it's it's the same, whether it's preseason or during the season. But it comes before the start of the season. It's a week before the season. That's typically – it's very rare for, for somebody to go into a, a day or two before opening day, Connor, and then for them not to know if a prospect's going to make the squad or not. I anticipate the Brewers to announce that Jackson Churio is making the squad in spring training, like the first or second week. I, I'm surprised they haven't already said, we don't care if you bat 083 in spring training. We gave you $80 million. You're going to be on the opening day roster. If Churio is not on the opening day roster, it will be the biggest surprise that I've seen in years. You don't pay a guy like that $80 million and then not make the big club. They've seen enough of this guy go through double A. They think he's ready. Churio's going to make the big league roster. I am confident in that. Jackson Holiday is going to make the big league roster. I'm confident in that. Wyatt, I'm, I'm 50-50 on, but if he doesn't make it on opening day, he'll be up before the All-Star game. I think he's coming up. He's going to come up very early in the year. Here's my hopes, Connor. My hopes are that he does not, does not make opening day roster. I don't think that the card market can support more than Churio and Holiday. I think the prices get diluted if too many big name stars come up out of spring training and make opening day roster. I am hoping and praying and crossing my fingers that of our top 10 prospects, the only ones that are going to make opening day roster are Churio and Holiday. And then the others can get sprinkled in throughout the season. That is what I am hoping for. I am hoping that they give Langford a little bit of time down in the minors 
and give him a month or two to get him ready and then call him up maybe the end of May, early June. That is my hopes for Langford. Awesome breakdown and clarification there, Chad. Mark D, we hope that helped answer your question. It certainly helped me uh, gain a little bit more insight there. Um, we're going to hit one more question actually coming in a little bit late, and we appreciate Bodini's Cards and Comics joining the show tonight. Uh, and thanks for the kind words in the chat. He says, I have two BGS 9.5s, one of a Prism Butler rookie and another of a 2014 World Cup Messi. I'm assuming he's referring to Jimmy Butler, but I could be wrong there. Both of them have 9.5 subgrades throughout except for nines on the surface. They ask, think it's worth the gamble on a bulk. What are your, what are your thoughts here, Chad? All right. So this is a complicated answer, and here's why. For a, for a person that has no experience in cracking and submitting and prepping the cards, a Surface 9 is going to get you a PSA 9. So if you're okay with looking at the values of the BGS 9.5s and you can still make money or not lose money at a PSA 9 and you want to take the risk, go ahead. If the Surface is a 9, you need a product like Kurtz Card Care or something like that. You need to polish the chromium finish on that card prior to sending it in. You need to get whatever scuffs, scrapes, light scratches there are on that surface off of the card to give you an opportunity to get that to a PSA 10. Yeah, good stuff there. Bodinis, we hope that helps. And thank you again for joining. Uh, always awesome seeing new names in the chat. Dr. Correct, that's going to wrap up our questions from the audience Q&A. Do you have any closing thoughts that you want to touch on uh, before we let Paul take things away here? No, I, I, I enjoyed the show. I, I, I love uh, the fact that you challenge me uh, every, every one of these shows and make me think. Uh, you had a couple of plays this week that were, that were like that close. Um, and uh, I hope the audience enjoyed it and can make some money on some of these crack and resubmit plays. So uh, give us some feedback in the, in the comments. If there's something that, uh, if there's a player, here's, here's the challenge I'm going to throw out to the audience. If you're watching this and there's a player that you love and you want to see Dr. Crack come up with a possible crack and resubmit for your player, shoot it to us in the comments or, or ask the question to Connor um, at nooffseason.ask and uh, challenge me. Give, me. give me a player and I'll see if I can't find you the right card at the right price at the right time and uh, help you profit on that card. Yep, good call to action there from Chad. If you are a premium member, head to nooffseason.com slash ask. Throw something in there. Uh, we'll get to it during the Overflow Show. If you're not a premium member, head over to, to nooffseason.com. You can get a free 30-day trial. There's a lot of upside to being a premium member. Uh, if you like listening to these audience Q&As at the end of the show and think you get valuable feedback from your questions, you will get unlimited uh, specialized strategy advice from all three of our experts at nooffseason.com, Chad Lefty and Paul on a weekly basis. You can ask as many questions as you want there. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Chad. Right, right there. Yep, right there, baby. Also, text so, sports cards to one 992 5727 That will give you sell alerts on all these baseball prospects that we're going to talk about buying, as well as anyone else that we recommend buying when the sell marker presents itself. I, I promised at the top of the show that you don't have to worry about fear of missing out because we're going to help you. Right there is how we're going to do it. We're going to tell you which cards, and then we're going to text you when to sell them. Absolutely. Absolutely. A couple good shameless plugs there. 
Guys, we had a blast doing the show. We will be back uh, not next week, but the next 6.30 p.m. Central, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Myself and Dr. Crack. That's going to do it for us Actually, for now. We will let... Connor, we won't. We oh, won't. you're right. You're right. I apologize, guys. We have holiday schedule. We are going to be discussing that on the Monday show. Uh, so we're doing a little shifting with holidays. We are, uh, with- we are four weeks away from the next deep dive. So we That's are right. going to bring it extra strong, maybe a two-hour special premiere we're going to have so much stuff to talk about from Christmas and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's going to be four weeks before we see each other again. Definitely. Thank you for the correction there, Chad. If you guys are interested in that schedule, um, we will plug it during the Monday show. Um, it'll probably be somewhere on the website as well. That website being nooffseason.com. Thank you guys so much for the support. Uh, and for those of you that tuned in live, if you have any questions, be sure to drop them in the chat uh, and we will do our best to get to them. For now, I think that's going to do it for us. Thanks again for a great show, Dr. Crack. And we will let Paul take things away. Great job on today's show, Connor and Chad. Thank you all for watching and listening to the Sports Card Strategy Show. I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. Don't forget to get your free 30-day trial at NoOffSeason.com today, and you can get great information to help you build your sports card investment portfolio, as well as take classes at Sports Card School, SportsCardSchool.com. Don't forget to text sports cards to 1-833-992-5727 to get your sell alerts and your buy alerts. Also, we would love it if you leave us a positive review on Apple or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And please subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. Thanks for being part of the nooffseason.com family. Have a great day.